militant affection. All right, everyone. Welcome to Militant Affection. I am Matt Miller, and this is Militant Affection. Uh, and I am ready to start telling you words from my mouth today. I got some sparkling water. I am a drinking, and I'm living my best life. Uh, I got blown earlier. Do you want to hear about that? Because I'm not going to tell you. Even though I just said it, and it's now on the cast. But this, we're 30 seconds in. So we can start talking about sex. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start talking about getting fucked. Talk about fucking. You know, I was just thinking, okay, I'll tell you this. I wrote this down in my notes. My first, first one night stand. I remember it was... Uh, the week before Halloween, or maybe it was Halloween weekend. No, week it fucking doesn't matter. I was at, I was, I was alone somewhere, and I was, I don't even, I think I went as a doctor, and all I wore was a doctor thing, like a surgeon blue thing, and I was trying to get at this chick dressed as the Sphinx or some Egypt shit. I was pretty drunk, and she wasn't having it, and then I ended up with this other chick. I don't know what she was dressed as. She was a rather big lady she was dressed in all black so maybe she was dressed as space or an abyss or something like that but this was like a last minute night thing i was going after the sphinx chick this was after the it was after last call we were standing outside of the bar and she turned me down and i kind of blacked out or some time at that point and i turned and i ended up talking with this rather large woman which is fine, you know. Everyone, people come in all shapes and sizes, you know. God, I'm. I this is. I burp all day. I, I can't stop drinking soda. I'm a complete fuck. Anyhow, well, this is not good for the ears. Anyhow, I remember we started walking back to my apartment. She fell over, and I picked her up, and I literally had to use all my body weight and lean back to get her back up. And my apartment was just too far for her. And we ended up taking a taxi, and then we told the taxi person that I was doing comedy. I didn't really have, if, if you're doing a timeline, I didn't really have one-night stands in college. Uh, I had a girlfriend in college and a girlfriend after college. It wasn't until after that second girlfriend I was doing comedy that I started fucking bitches every day of my life. Anyhow, we took the taxi. So we had barely spoke. We knew little words. I knew nothing of her. And we stopped in front of my place with the taxi driver. It was a taxi driver. We didn't use Uber. We flagged a taxi. I think she paid for it. I don't know. And she she smoked cigarettes because she didn't take care of her body. You know, cigarettes. It's fine. I fucking don't take care. Nobody takes care of their body. We just live up. We live a hardcore life, us people. And we smoked cigarettes with the taxi person. Me, her, and the taxi person outside of my apartment for a little bit and talked about comedy. Because I guess this taxi person wanted to do comedy and he started pitching jokes to us. And pretty much all his jokes were just homophobic jokes. Like all his jokes ended with like a guy, he was talking about like fucking, I don't know, dating with a guy in his car. It turns out the guy was dating dudes. He's like, isn't that funny? The guy was gay. Like that was the punchline. That break was brought to you by Bubbly Water. I don't know which chain... Of, is this CVS or Walgreens? And we were talking about, uh, yeah, his homophobic jokes. 
and we smoked we all smoked a cigarette me this chick and him and then we went inside and we continued to talk in my living room i remember my roommate came out and like she was being loud and then we ended up fucking in my room and and uh i was using a condom because i'm very safe and then when i was gonna finish she's like you can't come inside of me come in my mouth and i did that and the next day she left so that was the first one night stand <laughs> that's funny though that's a funny i mean i've since had many so many and it's funny that someone some someone will just let someone else come in their mouth we had no talk about who was clean or not and she was just like come in my mouth so that was in my topics so i'm glad we got that out of the way just blow that out early if you guys want to know that story. That was a fun story. That was a fun, t- you know, a fun time going. A fun time going. But what I was going to talk about today was my anxiety in life. Because I get so anxious around people. You know what I'm saying? So much anxiety in life around people. And generally, I walk around and I'm nervous all day. I know you're looking at me. Or you're hearing me, and you're like, this is the most confident man I've ever heard. And it's just not true. I am freaking anxious and anxiety-ridden at all times. I would, like, plan activities around, like, getting drunk beforehand. If it was, like, a party or, like, I was going out or whatever. I would, like, have to, like, I'd set, like, sort certain time periods to get fucked up. So then I'd, it'd be easier to go out. I don't know if I described this before, but I sp- there was a few years of my life where I would like go to work and then I'd like on a Friday, Saturday, I guess I didn't work on Saturdays, but and then I'd drive out and I'd drink like a bottle of wine or like a bunch of whiskey in a Gatorade bottle before like within like half an hour to an hour before I entered like a bar and then be like I'm going to pick up chicks. Pick up chicks. And it it did work, you know, if you try if you try to pick up people, also I'm handsome as fuck, uh, it eases it, you know, but it probably wasn't good. So much drunk driving as described before, you should never do it, but I would do it all the time. I would just go to one specific bar and I would dance, you know, and get more fucked up. And I'd try to stay a certain amount of fucked up where I could drive home as, and then try to pick up ladies, was my method here. And you'd be like, Matt, why are you going with friends? I don't know, my friends were lame then. I didn't I'm I do things very alone a lot of the time. I like to do things sort of my own thing. I think it's a control issue. Do things alone. Of course I've gone out with friends a bunch, but like I've gone out alone a bunch. You know, for someone like I talk about as I mentioned having anxiety, which everyone has, it's not even an issue and being anxious and being a fucking weirdo. But I go out alone a lot, which is, I guess, something people are afraid to do. But it's it's easier for me. Oh, well, it's not. I don't know. But I could do it. It makes sense to me for some reason. I'm not afraid to go out alone. I'm not afraid to tell jokes on stage. I'm just afraid of everything else. Like, I feel more comfortable. Like, because I do stand-up, right? I feel, eh, I still get nervous to go on stage. But, like, I feel more comfortable being, like confident I'm going like talking on this or on my YouTube channel or on stage I have like the opposite of stage fright I feel more confident being on stage and it's probably just some narcissistic 
shit or just like some self like attention horse shit like i know if you uh because i know here if you if you listen this far you're listening you know or if i'm on stage like i'm supposed to be saying things but like when it's just life it's like what am i even saying to people is this rambling or is this real you know what i'm saying i've talked to therapists about it i don't know they're all annoying everyone's annoying (laughs) everyone's not annoying but yeah anxiety so yeah i go out alone a lot or like in group situations with a bunch of people i have hard like handling all the conversations that are happening and like interjecting and like da 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 you know what i mean maybe it's a control thing and like if I've, and I analyze people whenever I enter a room, like I analyze like who's like most like the top of the social hierarchy, hierarchy and who's like underneath them. And like how the whole social dynamics are run in the room based off people's actions or if other people are like looking up to them or whatever. I try to break down like I'm a fucking so not a sociopath, but like a crazy person. Where, like, anytime I'm in a social situation, I'll instantly try to be like, oh, this is that guy. Oh, that's that girl. I try to put everyone in a role, figure out how everything's break, broken down. You know what I mean? Based off people's actions. Not really based off what they say, but based off, like, their presence, I guess. And it gets annoying that I do that every time. And it makes me socially conscious. Conscious? Because I try to figure out everyone's place in society when I enter a room. And I'm tired of doing it. And it's annoying. But that's just how my brain works, so that's fun. Yeah. I don't know. I remember, I I mean, I, I met a gal who I dated for a while, and she really questioned, because, like, I met her when I one of these times I went on alone, and later she's like, were you really just, like, because I, I was, like, very smooth. I was like, I went out to meet you. <laughs> and then she was like questioned she's like did you really come out to meet me or were you supposed to meet some other girl here and she didn't show up so you were here and i was like no that's no i just i just went on alone which is fun uh yeah I go out alone a lot to bars there was one time when i was really going hard going out alone to bars to meet chicks where I went out like five nights in a row, just got drunk every night. It was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was like, a, that's only four. Maybe it was only four nights in a row. This was all post-college, and I was struck out all the time. But it's funny, when it, if you actually try, you, you can meet people. You know, people that aren't meeting people just aren't trying, you know? If, you, if, it, if like a dude isn't meeting chicks, he's just not trying. If you try a bunch, you're going to meet someone. And it's just that simple. If you just try a lot, it will eventually work out. Unless you're a piece of shit person or you look like somebody drilled a couple holes into your skull and implanted floppy dicks in your forehead. And and people don't want that, you know, in their life. A floppy dick man coming up to them with two separate dicks in their forehead flopping up and down, each squirting different jisms at them like a red jizz which you might think is blood actually food coloring and then a blood jizz which is bad you know people aren't gonna like that and that's and that's your problem and you're never gonna meet someone like that unless you get those surgically removed and i'm not saying not to respect your body and not appreciate what god gave you but if you got two giant floppy dicks coming out of your forehead then you're gonna need some help god what a perfect title for this 
if you got that's too long though two floppy dicks i wish like half this podcast was me re-saying what i said then i'd only have to do 15 minutes because frankly starting to do this was very hard i i did like three hours of playing a basketball game on my phone and fucking if you got floppy dicks on your forehead fucking fuck so anxiety, going out alone, can't talk in groups. I've been on, even most recently, I've only been in New York a year, and I've just slept with thousands of women, and that's not true. But I mean, uh, my first two, like, Tinder hookups, like, I, I showed up to the date, like, maybe three, four drinks deep. I would meet at bars I would never meet. And, uh, this was described in the last one, if you heard it like three, four, five, six drinks deep, right? Just drunk just to talk to them. And then in both ones, I would go to the bathroom and finish another three nips and then continue it. And then we just fucked. It's interesting, those. The fucking's never, like, discussed. But we'll just come to the end of the date and and then she'll be like, you're just coming over. Because I'm smooth as hell. I'm good one-on-one, you know? I'm good one-on-one. If you're just hearing me one-on-one... That's, I, I bring the best game. My game is, is tight. I have a tight game. I dance. I'm fucking great at dancing. If you didn't know that about me, I'm fucking great at dancing. People don't expect it. I remember one time I was at a work party. And uh, I had a, a girlfriend at the time. And my boss at the work party, they're like, how'd you meet? And they're like, well, he danced over to me. And that's how we met. We met dancing. And then he's like, no, you didn't. Because I'm basically just really shy in a work setting. And I don't talk a lot. Because I don't know what I... Because I'm like, I like to just say crazy things, I guess. Or be weird. So I just shut down if I don't know I can be like that. And he's like, no, Matt's just a shy, quiet kid. He wouldn't dance over. But no, I fucking dance like a fucking lunatic. I had to teach myself how to dance. Because before when I was so nervous to talk to girls, I was like, I got to figure a way how to get them to come to me. And I said, I'll fucking dance. I'll fucking dance. And I danced my own way. I got into a dance fight once a while ago where this guy was like dancing in a circle and he took off his shirt and I just thought he was a fucking idiot. So I entered the circle to dance with him and then like he put like the bull horns on his head and he came at me. And I, uh, I like grabbed him under his shoulders and I threw him to the other side of the circle. And then like he, like we shook hands. We didn't really fight, and he left. And I won that battle. It was years ago. But so I danced one time. This fucking uh, so this was all in Cambridge when I lived in Massachusetts. This this Asian kid. I don't know why I tell you the race, but uh, we went to MIT. Saw my dancing, and he asked me to audition for his Asian breakdance group. So, I'm great, is what I'm saying. Best top eight dancer over, well, yeah, I guess I'm over 220. I might be under 220. I've been eating salads lately, drinking bubbly water, burping so much, trying to hold back the burps. Uh, All right, I can't hold it back. uh, I'm living my best life. Some people edit their podcasts. My favorite podcasts just have all real shit in it. I just live a real life. I'm a real man with a real purpose. And I come for you. Dancing. I dance like a motherfucker. Getting drunk. Going on dates. Getting fucked up. This is kind of unrelated. This is a fun story, though. One time in high... So weed is a drug. 
that I will that I may allegedly smoke. It's legal in my home state, not in my current state, which is a state of emergency. No, um, one time I bought weed when I was in college from this drug dealer where we went to his place. We were all fucked up and drunk, and we bought weed, and he kept his weed in a bag labeled weed, like he was going to confuse it with his other drugs. Like he's like, what is this one? Cocaine. What is this one? Ecstasy. What is this one? Cereal. But yeah, he kept a giant bag of weed labeled weed. Like the police are going to come in and be like, does this guy have weed? Oh, this is the weed bag. And that's that story. The story I just told is the story. I bought a drug dealer. I bought a drug dealer and he provides me with drugs. No, I went to see a drug dealer in college. And he kept all his drugs in bags labeled the drug. Like, he wouldn't know the difference between weed and cocaine. Like, he's like, this is all green and weed-like, but this could be cocaine. I'm a fucking moron. And I remember I smoked that. Smoked that weed. And I've had a weird relationship with weed ever since. Weed really fucks me up. Weed, like, so I mentioned earlier that, I, yeah, when I go, when I, I try to break down social shit at all times, like, this person's like this, that person's like this, this person's that, this person's fucking fat, this person's fucking fatter, this person's the fattest. You know, I break down social shit, but weed, like, lets, makes me enter that part of my mind even more, and I get even more cynical and shit when I smoke weed. But the thing is, as, as you may know, or if you're just starting here, I, I like to fuck high, come high. It feels really good. And sometimes I think of good things when I'm high, but mostly it makes I have to get high alone. If I smoke, if I get high amongst people, I'm now in my own head. And I'm just like living in this weird universe where I'm breaking everything down. It's not good. Like people would always want to smoke and I'd, and I'd smoke too, but I'd be like, I want to leave this situation and go home and deal with this because I can't be out and be high, you know, because I'm a nutcase. But yeah, weed... I did, I did mushrooms last year for the first time. Mushrooms really just was kind of like mushrooms got me high as fuck. Uh, got me as high, like higher than weed, right? It was like, it was a lot of fun. I remember I was trying to have sex on mushrooms and you just can't finish and you're kind of just right there forever. Just like, mm, bah, mm, bah, mm. and I think at one point I thought I was fucking and I wasn't. And I was just like, I'm not even doing anything. And I just think I'm fucking. But weed just made me think, I mean, mushrooms just made me think the same thoughts as weed just amplify, which were my same cynical thoughts, I think, when I'm just sober and out. So that was great. But the person I was with kept bringing me to a sexual mindset to bring me out of that darkness, which actually was probably for the better because, yeah, getting so dark may have fucked it up. It's sort of a big emotional experience smoking weed. The person I was with, like, got twice into these dark spirals where they ended up crying and we thought about like how dark life is and stuff like that so if you've never tried mushrooms yeah it's an interesting experience you don't have to do it nobody has to do anything do whatever the fuck you want just eat candy your whole life and die is something i added at the end of that sentence but it's an interesting experience nonetheless all right, what other topics do I got? Anxiety is what I want to base this episode on. And anxiety is something I have struggled with all my life. I was a very quiet child. In high school, I was so quiet. Nobody would have talked to me. Let me do this joke for you. This actually is based off reality. I used to write a lot in high school. Like, like sh- short scripts 
for things. I wrote a short script that was called Saditude. That was about a bunch of high schoolers whose attitude were sad. High schoolers. It's called Saditude, which is the lamest shit of all time. And this is the joke I do. Some of these characters are real, some of them is not. So there's like a, a whole list of characters in the Saditude. There was Susie. She was suicidal. There was uh, Depressed. He used his dick uh, to make a panini press. There was Matt, which was me. There was, uh, and then there was someone named Cry Man, and that was my dad. And those were all joke jokes. That was it. But yeah, what, that joke that I'll, I've said on stage, I kind of fucked it up. I don't really do it. It was true. There was, I did write the Saditude. It's a little different. My, 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 my tour de force of pieces I wrote in high school was this piece called What Matt Did Outside. In which in the story, like I talk about fucking a dog, and there's a lot of other things, and it's very interesting. I don't the script somewhere. I could probably pull it out one of these days, but I just remember I started just showing it to people because this was like senior year of high school. I never really revealed my art to anyone, and I started showing it to people, and people thought it was funny. And then this one girl's like, "Oh, can I be the dog?" And I was like, "Fuck you! Wanna, you want you want me to fuck you? Want me to fuck you as the dog? You want me to fuck you?" Can I fuck? <laughs> I just wanted to get off into a fuck fest there. Yeah. In high school, there was this one girl I really liked that I sat next to in this science class, and I would show her my my art, and she would read it, and it was always nice. It's a nice grand old time. And then I made this like short film, kind of about like crushing crushing on someone because I was so sad. And it's one of my first YouTube videos, if you go back, the video was kind of about high school or like being lonely or liking someone. And I'm just a fucking, uh, fucking pussy. Fucking pussy. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm much different now. Or I'm the same. Or you don't know. Or nobody knows. Does anyone really know me? I haven't spoken to my mom in a month. I haven't spoken to my dad in a month, you know? I just live my own life. But yeah, I made this whole like six minute YouTube video about this gal. Kind of. It's kind of, it's, you very have to, it's very interpretive. You have to figure out what I'm really saying in it. But it was when I had a camera. It's, it's done with a bunch of like cut out construction paper. And I spent a lot of time making it. I made it like that whole summer, I think between senior year and first year of college. Or the summer after that. Who the fuck cares? The first gal I ever dated was in college, my first girlfriend. And I remember there was one time, like, she liked me early on, and I was too much of a pussy poo to make a move. And, like, there was one night where we slept together, and, like, I mean, like, we didn't fuck, but, I mean, we slept in the same bed, and she rested her hand on my cock a lock a ding dong and she didn't realize it for a while, and I was just sitting there like, oh, hands on my cock. <laughs> and then she did, and she went, ah, and freaked out. And that was it. Uh, yeah, so then, like, because I wasn't making a move, she just started doing other things. She she wanted me to stop liking her, so I just started going to the gym, getting ripped. I was doing pull-ups, you know, living my best life, listening to sad music on my headphones. Nobody knew how sad and dark and damned I was inside. And then eventually, at the end of that college time... 
we started just making out in her bed, having grand old time. Like, she was rubbing her puss against my cock. We weren't fucking, but I remember one time she was doing it, and, like, I came, and I was worried that some of the cum slipped into her puss. And she was like, oh, and then she's like, no, I'm worried, too. And I'm like, nah, it's probably fine. And it was fine. And then the summer came, and we were doing whatever. And there was one time in particular where I was at, like, this this party and we were texting each other having a grand old time and then we went back to college and we ended up getting together and that was a nice old time that was a fun old time so yeah that's some early relationship stuff relationship stuff some anxiety things I remember the first time it wasn't the first time she gave me oral sex one of the early times she gave me oral sex in the middle of it my dad's like I'm five minutes away from picking you up and I was like, oh, shit. My, like, I picked up the phone. Like, the phone is ringing. She's like, you can pick up the phone if you want. Well, she was like, <laughs> you can pick up the phone if you want. And I was like, okay. And my dad's like, I'm five minutes away. I was like, oh, shit. Well, you got to blow me fast. And she did. And I went to see my dad. Yeah. Early, er, very early young relationship. I was a late bloomer in life. Very late bloomer, which is why now I'm going nuts. Because I didn't do all that fun little stuff in old high school. I never had that. I did go to prom with someone. I didn't even go to my own prom. I went to prom with the girl a year younger than me who we worked together. And I was so funny. She, she asked me. Well, she told someone to ask me. And I said yes. And we went. And I was all nervous and weird. And then that was the end of that because I'm so fucking weird. Yeah, that's, I guess that's some more anxiety stuff. This is a real anxiety episode. So anxious. I still want to call it floppy dicks on your forehead. But I don't know if that flies in fucking iTunes and YouTube. But, you know, I don't know what flies anymore anyhow. Yeah. So, guys, I guess what I'm trying to say is you shouldn't be all anxious and stuff. You should just live your life. No, it's still, I still fucking struggle with it all the time. With fucking going out and talking to people. And, like, I'll shut down in group scenarios. Like, I'll just stand there and look and be like, eh. I guess it might be a control thing or I feel like like I need to be the center of attention. When I'm not, I don't know how to act. And, you know, that's something I really need to work on with myself, you know? Like, people, like, it was, like, the number one fear, like, public speaking. Like, that's not really my fear. I can just public speak all day. I fucking destroy it. I'm a charismatic fucking fuck fuck. One time, a gal told me that, like, she's like, you're just, like, it's just whatever. We had dated, and she was just like, just when you're on stage, you're, like, so attractive. When you're doing that, you're so, like, confident. And then I remember... I worked with a guy who saw a bunch of my YouTube videos and he was comparing them to how I am in real life. And he was like, yeah, on your videos, you're, you seem so confident and outgoing. And then I know you and you're just not like that. And I'm like, well, I'm fucking a nutcase. I know how to, I know how to do, I know how to put on when I can put on, but I don't know how to not put on. I don't know how to be like 75%. I can be zero or hero, you know? This is a fun story. There was one. This is uh, one night I went out a little bit ago, like a while ago. It was within the last year, and I was so fucking hammered. I was with my friends, and I was just going up to gals, asking them to rank my friend one through ten. I was like, "What do you What do you rank him?" Just I guess I asked every girl in the bar to rank him, and then I was re-asking girls, and they were just like fucking running away and shit. I kept going, "What do you rate him?" And I don't even remember doing this at all. 
And then and my friend is like, this is like the funniest I've ever seen you. And I'm like, damn, I was black out and I was doing all this. <laughs> Just asking all these gals to rank my friend. Fun story about that bar is that's the bar where I got punched in the face on New Year's Eve. And I am now banned from it. But had a few fun times, you know. Had told girls to rank my friend 1 through 10. Which is a good icebreaker. Get people to rank them. I think there was one part where like she gave him like a high score, like a nine or something. And I said, she says you're a six <laughs> or something like that, or like a four. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. There's one time I blacked out and I came to and I was with this, this gal and like her friend's like, what are you doing with this guy? He's so drunk. And, and then she's like, I, he can't drive home. I need to help him. And like, I'm like, I don't even remember talking to any of you. And then I just was like, fuck it. I'm going to go get pizza. And I beelined it. I never like did the blackout where you wake up at someone's apartment. I never really did that. I don't even no. I've never done that. I I literally black out and then I'd wake up on top of my laptop and phone and everything expensive, just sleeping on it, sweating, alcohol sweat all over it. That's my general blackout when I do. One time I blacked out at a bar. And I woke up the next day and in my pocket were like medical papers. Did I already tell this story? I don't know. That said I'd been checked into the ER and it said to like seek a 12-step program to help with my drinking. So, and I checked in as Tom O'Hagan or something like John O'Hagan. Just a fake name and I didn't have insurance at the time. And they, yeah, they gave me a form that just said you need to get help for your drinking. So I got so drunk that someone I met along the line had dropped me off at an ER. And like, it was when I had a, like I had changed apartments and I, I saw on the app that like I went to the bar and I Ubered to an old apartment, which was like far away from a different apartment. And then I must've like took the train down and maybe someone on the train took me to the ER. And then I ended up going back up to the wrong apartment and I came to when I was so far from my house and it took me forever to get home. This was in New York on the subway. And that was just a whole fucking mess of a night. I've fallen asleep early on when I moved here. I would fall asleep. <laughs> so many burps. I'd fall asleep on the subway and I'd wake up like at the last stop and of the whatever line I was on, I'd be like, fuck. And then I'd just have to be like fucking headache, hungover, just taking the subway so far back to wherever my apartment was. So I was real fucked up when I first moved to New York. I think this was cataloged in my older podcast that was called uh, Regret the Podcast. But now with this militant affection, this hot one that I've been doing, this is the story again. So just listen to this one. But we've done enough time. You've heard about me being anxious and anxiety written, and you've heard some of my fuck stories. So hopefully you enjoy that. I have the best posture in the game if you're watching it. And I'm at Matt Miller Real on all your social media needs, except for the ones I'm not on. And Matt Miller Comedy on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, thank you. Militant affection.